Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Hello and welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verlam. I'm Lydia Alcoury. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Now this week's edition of The Parents Show, we're discussing domestic abuse and discussing the emotional and legal support there is out there for anyone in this position. The statistics actually speak for themselves. Two women are killed every week in England and Wales by a current or former partner and that's according to the Office for National Statistics in 2015. And on average a woman is assaulted 35 times before her first call to the police which is a, it's a staggering figure. Um, domestic violence has the highest rate of repeat victimisation than any other crime in the UK and obviously this is an, an, a discussion that we in the parents show want to have and we want to hear from the people, we hear from voices and we want voices to be heard. Tonight, with the help of Mary McAvoy, a partner at the family law firm Neve Solicitors, Liz Perry and Paula Rand from the St Albans and Hartsmere Women's Refuge, we want to discuss one of the biggest issues facing domestic life in Britain today. Women's Aid defines domestic abuse as an incident or pattern of incidents of controlling, coercive, threatening, degrading or violent behaviour, including sexual violence by a partner or ex-partner. So, as we saw from the statistics at the beginning, it, it's it's very common. And in the vast majority of cases, it's it's experienced by women and is perpetrated by men. Domestic abuse can include, but actually isn't just limited to this list, but um, coercive control, so it could be a pattern of, pattern of intimidation, degradation, isolation, you know, control with use of a threat or physical or sexual violence, uh, psychological and emotional abuse, uh, sexual abuse, financial abuse, harassment, stalking, and then, of course, you know, as we talked about before on the parents' show, online and digital abuse. So, what we've done tonight is we've we've divided our um, show into three parts, and we're going to start by talking about what exactly is domestic abuse, and then we're going to move on to the process of leaving a partner. What typically happens? When do the police come in? When does the legal process kick in? And then the third section of tonight's show, we're going to be talking to Mary from Neves and um, talking about the legal and emotional resources available for anybody who's listening or anybody who knows anybody who's really struggling with this um, situation and topic at the moment. So let's go straight um, in, to talk to our guests in the studio tonight. We have Liz and Paula and um, good evening, ladies. Hi. Good evening. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us here in the studio. Can I just ask you a very wide question to start and uh, maybe to you, Paula, you know, what does domestic abuse look like? Um, it comes in all shapes and forms. It could just be, I mean, I think everybody's idea is somebody comes in covered in bruises. Um, but typically the women we get in, it, that's sort of might have occurred, but it might just be that um, they've been referred because the children are at um, risk of being taken from them. It could be some police involvement, no police involvement. It can, and it's right across the spectrum. I mean, you get women from sort of... Um, council houses up into million pound houses there's no sort of set pattern of um, where they're going to come from or what kind of abuse they've been through thank you um liz who's who is coming through the doors then if you're the refuge that you're running you know so we're talking about sort of age age ranges of women 
Okay, um, in St Albans and Hartsmere, we're currently, we can accommodate um, 23 families and sort of up to 45 children. Now those, the families that come through the door uh, can be women on their own, it can be women with children, it can be older women, and it can be very young women. We actually take women from the age of 16 who may be fleeing family, because one of the um, issues also that encompasses domestic abuse is honour-based violence Mm. as well, and for young women who are... um, fleeing family members through issues of forced marriage genital female genital mutilation and other honor-based crimes really so do they always come through with children or do you have single women you know we have women who are single we have women with children Mm -hmm. we have um we have older women we have younger women and we have working women and we also have women who are on benefits but we also have women who are here in the country and their immigration status is um, uncertain and they won't have recourse to public funds and their vulnerability is huge mm-hmm. i mean one of the questions we talked about before we came live on air was you know how, how, how does it get paid for can you just say something about how a woman would be able to afford to do this Okay, so if a woman is working, um, we would... we would charge her our weekly rent, which is 200 and something pounds. However, if she can't afford that, we would subsidise that. Right. For women who are on benefits, they will um, be in receipt of housing benefit, and housing benefit would pay for the majority of her stay at the refuge. Every woman is charged 20 pounds a week, and that goes towards heating, lighting tea coffee sugar you know those sort of important things that Mm. make the refuge run thank you paula um you were talking before to me about how your your job isn't just office based and you described what it what it feels like a little bit to be in one of these refuges uh can you just tell us a little bit about that for for the women and the families you know it's not simply staying in their room all the time is it no it's we try to make it as homely as possible i mean so for instance with christmas coming up we've decorated the houses where the women have we've got trees up we've got um we're planning a christmas dinner with the women um on next wednesday and uh, that we'll all cook together and sit together and eat we do lots of arts and crafts we do baking and um, we have trips out we've just um had a trip for all the houses to willows farm for the um families like mums and children which was actually a donation from somebody um and it was a fantastic day we also do a summer trip out um we we try and make it as as much of a family sort of feel as possible Mm. um and i think for women with children coming in that's one of the scary things because they're always worried about the impact of coming into refuge on their children and nine times out of ten the children settle really well i mean we've got really good connections with local schools so we get them into school as soon as we can we have a playroom we have childcare workers there um and it goes really well i mean we have health visitor that comes in so they get to know her um local surgeries that that we sort of um get the woman to sign up to as soon as possible and we just we just spend i suppose half the time in the office and half the time out with the women and you also work with the dogs trust you were saying yeah um for people that have got pets sometimes they're really worried about leaving because of the pets but um the dogs trust will actually find foster homes for cats and dogs while the women are in refuge 
that's something, Lydia, I wouldn't have thought about, would you? Absolutely not. But I know, Shirley, I mean, you, you are a, a big dog lover, so I can talk. A, a dog is a mm. member of the family like yeah. any of the others, so you. And they're just as worried about what's yeah. going to happen to the dog or the cat as they are about themselves, you know? Yeah, of course they are. And, and just anything to make the decision easier is a great thing, I'd imagine. I think one of the. Yes, absolutely. One of the indicators of domestic abuse is often pet cruelty and using pets as a tool to threaten and intimidate a woman so for a woman it's a big decision to leave a dog or a cat mm. behind who's been part of a family dogs trust is amazing it's mm. an amazing facility mm. and their response to <coughs> women is so quick it's, it is literally amazing. within a couple of days you can get it sorted that's fantastic yeah and is it is the atmosphere within the refuge is it is it a positive atmosphere is definitely there, is there a good sense of a sense of being a team they call each other a family don't they as well and as workers we we sort of feel part of that um we're in a very very privileged position i don't think many people get to see the side of life that we do and get to take um such a role in people's lives and we get to see such ma mainly positive outcomes and it's it's just it's a combination of everything you do all the work you do with them the relationship you've built up with them and to see them go on and rebuild their lives and it's like sometimes you'll see somebody that's come in almost broken and the day they come down with a bit of mascara on or, or you hear them laugh it's just wonderful mm. and it's just you, the job satisfaction is next to none I think and can can you tell I'm, I'm just imagining if there's a woman who, if there's a woman who's listening to this interview and is in an abusive situation and is contemplating going to the refuge I mean you said there's some positive outcomes can you, can you tell us what the good the good endings are the happy endings are okay refuge life um is a journey and it's a huge decision for any woman to leave and her biggest fears are usually taking the children out of the situation disrupting their education what's going to happen to the pets how am i going to afford this where am i going to live so are, they are huge decisions to make and there is a huge amount of guilt. So the work that we do with women is really about rebuilding their lives and enabling them to take control of their lives again. Because that will have been stripped away day by day, either by the emo emotional abuse that she will have suffered, the, you know, the physical abuse, the scars heal. But with emotional abuse, the, the ongoing, a lot of women suffer from things like post-traumatic stress disorder. And so our, our job is to, to rebuild lives. And we see it day by day with children. We see children come in who are either very withdrawn or their behaviour is off the wall. And we see in a very short space of time that behaviour changing. And uh, one um family that really sticks in my mind is she, it was um a vicar's wife That's and she came to the refuge now the first that she knew that her children knew about the domestic abuse was when she was called into school one day and the, pic the picture her six-year-old son had drawn was a f picture of a knife daddy holding a knife to mummy's throat and she knew she had to get out.
and um she did that and her youngest boy was three and the eldest was six the six-year-old was electively mute when he came in and the three-year-old screamed and he screamed loudly um but in a very short space of time this little boy who was so traumatized actually started speaking he started going to school and he was invited to a birthday party and with a, a friend from school the th the three-year-old who could not give eye contact and would not bear being touched was sitting on the child support worker's lap having a story read to him and mum started to rebuild her life as a result of actually seeing the difference in her children so our message always is to everybody there is help out there if you if you're not ready to leave find out the information we have an outreach service which is currently working with over a hundred women in the st albans and hartsmere area and their job is to ensure that women have all the information that they need to make that decision to leave and so don't suffer in silence there is life after domestic abuse it takes a long time and it's a long hard journey but it can be done Liz, paula we, we have some um questions actually from listeners or people interested parties would we be able to just maybe you know run a few past you and mm -hmm. get your your sort of professional opinion on them so one person said my partner prevents me from leaving the room occasionally if he is angry or he's been drinking excessively would you call this domestic abuse definitely well, definitely would yeah it's, it's the whole control element of it isn't it right i think anything that precipitates fear and how is that person being prevented from leaving the room is he blocking her path is he making threats anything that makes you feel uncomfortable frightened or intimidated is domestic abuse okay my husband is always putting me down especially in front of the children all my friends think he's a great man good sense of humor but sometimes i feel like he hates me and he wants to punish me for the smallest thing i can't leave him we've got four children together and we've also got two grandchildren can you tell me what i might do to cope better with his behavior towards me mm. Mm. um um <laughs> my feeling with that is that it's obviously his behavior that needs to change okay he is using coercive control he's presenting himself as mr nice guy to everybody else and behind closed doors and a lot of domestic violence happens behind closed doors people don't know about it so she is suffering and being belittled. We run something called Understanding Relationships, which is based on the Freedom Programme. And it looks at the traits of a dominator. And one of the traits of a dominator is the head worker. So Mr. Nice Guy presents to the world that he's a really nice chap, but behind closed doors, he's abusive belittling putting her down she doesn't need to change his behavior he needs to change his behavior and she needs to decide whether or not she wants to put up with that anymore mm. and contact our outreach service to talk to somebody about what her options might be 
the course you mentioned is that something for couples to do or women or is what, what is that course we it's it's called an understanding relationship program and we run it in Hartsmere and we run it in uh, St Albans it is for women who have suffered domestic abuse and for a lot of women they're they're involved with professionals who say to you're suffering domestic abuse but until a woman realizes that herself and understands the behaviors that she's been subjected to she she's lost mm -hmm. so this course gives women an opportunity to meet with other women so that eases the isolation it's an opportunity to understand the behaviors that she's been subjected to and it also looks at the impact of domestic abuse on children. And it also gives her the opportunity to think, okay, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this for me and I don't want this for my children. And it helps her to understand what the next step might be. Thank you. Um, another question that came in, and I guess some people would be identifying with this, is the partner that holds the purse strings and the woman gets very little say if any um, about how the money is spent what's your view on that Paula? that's very common as well i mean it's that's another control element she's got no money she can't leave yeah um and we we do get phone calls quite often where the woman will say i've got nothing and we will do all we can to get her away even if she has nothing you know we just sort of say get to somewhere safe we'll come and get you i mean recently i was um talking to somebody who was in denmark um and it took her several months of chatting on via email, she couldn't use a phone, to get away. And that was amazing that she did that, and I was so proud of her. But you'll get women um, from all over the country will sort of say, go to a local police station, go to a children's centre, just try and sort of signpost them to somewhere where they can get some help. Because obviously if they're not local to us, mm. we might not be able to do it, but we would never leave somebody just floating around. We would always do everything we can to help them. Mm. It's interesting you say not local to us. So if we've got people in St Albans who are experiencing this kind of, you know, domestic abuse, should they be thinking about potentially contacting your equivalents, you know, up in Yorkshire? Or I mean, they can get in touch with us and we, we will right. signpost them wherever they need to be. Um, if staying sort of local isn't safe, we will look mm. for somewhere else for them. Um, but we would never take a phone call and say, no, sorry, we haven't got space and put the phone down. That's not the way it works. No. It might be the only time the woman picks the phone up. Exactly. If she doesn't get the kind of answer that's going to help her, she might be there for another two years, you know? Yeah. So we will do everything in our power to help anybody that calls and you have an access to, you have access to a database where you yeah, can see we, where there's we can um, access uk yeah. refugees online um which will show us say for instance if a woman phones and she's got two children we can look for space anywhere in the country that's got space for a woman and two children and we can then call them um ask them if they'll take a referral from the lady pass the phone number on let her know what's going to happen and things like that that's just excellent isn't it Lydia just absolutely what a what a fantastic service and I'm sure you're saving so many women's sanity and so many families from hurt and heartache it's it's fantastic and what is your geographical area just before we let you go I just okay we ask. we um for our outreach service we cover the whole of St Albans so that's all the surrounding villages as well as St Albans city and Hartsmere which is in Includes Boreham Wood, Elstree, Radlett, Shenley, and that sort of area. It's a massive area. But for refuge, we will take a woman from anywhere in the country.
or out of the country even or out <laughs> of the country and but we also um reciprocate that if there is a woman in scotland who needs space and the only space is in st albans then she will come to st albans mm. That's and that's the distance that some people have to travel to be safe yeah amazing amazing such a great service you're providing and you can feel, you can hear how passionate you are about it's it. It's the it best doesn't, job in the world. It, it doesn't even sound like it is a job to you. It sounds it like no, it, it isn't. You don't get up in the morning and think I'm going to work. It's just what am I doing today? Mm. It's it's, but that comes from the management down. I think if we didn't have such a good management, then the actual team wouldn't be as good as it is. So, you're yeah. making Liz blush now. <laughs> I think we're very lucky in that as a team we support each other and we work very closely and we spend a lot of time to each other with each other so we have to like each other it's like a mad family really <laughs> <laughs> fantastic thanks a million so much liz and paula for coming in to join us from the women's refuge in st albans and coming up in just a few minutes we'll be talking to mary mcavoy a partner in the family law firm Neve solicitors so stay tuned Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. This evening on the show, we're talking about domestic abuse and we've just been speaking to um, Paula Rann and Liz Perry for the St. Albans and Hartsmere Women's Refuge. And now we want to get the legal perspective. So we've invited in Mary McAvoy, who is a partner in the law firm, the family law firm, Neve Solicitors. Good evening, Mary. Good evening, Lydia. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Now, Mary, we've been hearing a lot about the the emotional turmoil that women go through um, leaving home. But if we look at the legal perspective, what, what are the first, what's the first protocol for a woman who, who wants to leave an abusive partner? Well, there's obviously a range of um, experiences that people are going through and some people will come in for advice. But if the situation's an emergency, then the best thing to do is to call 999 um, and the police can take um, immediate action they can go around to the home and investigate what's going on and if they're satisfied that there's um domestic abuse um they can uh, issue a domestic violence prevention notice and that can require that one of the parties to leave the house immediately so it's a very effective um emergency step uh, taken without the intervention of the court um the uh, couple, the, the, the per alleged perpetrator must then be referred to the magistrate's court for a hearing within 48 hours where he or she will have the opportunity to put their case if the police have got it wrong. So it's only a, a temporary arrangement, but it holds the position and it introduces an element of safety. Um, under that notice, um, the the alleged perpetrator can be required not to return to the property and obviously that's what would normally be done and breach of that notice can result in a penalty uh, fine or um, a detention um, but as I say within 48 hours the matter should be referred to the magistrates court and once the magistrates have heard the evidence they may impose a prevention order um, which will last uh, longer and a breach
can um, result in a fine of up to £5,000 or imprisonment for up to two months. So that's a very serious order. Um, but it's, it's again, it's only temporary, and again, it's to give a breathing space. Um, so the idea is that the the victim can take some longer term measures, whatever they may be, relocating or seeking an order through the civil courts. I'm sorry, it gets quite techy, but I've been talking about going to the criminal courts and uh, 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 that gives the, um, the victim the chance to take some action herself through the civil court and get some further protection. Um, it's a little bit of a cumbersome system when it's described, but it's quite effective uh, if the police get involved. That's interesting. I had no idea that 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 even existed, and I'm sure Mm. a lot of people out there don't know. I mean, it's a great first step, isn't it, before, you know, or it's great that they're that it doesn't have to go through the courts for anything to happen, yeah. you know, for the first step to be taken. And um, it's not that, it's, it's quite new. It's only been in place since about um, June 2014. So I do see a lot of people who've already been through this process. Um, they often are coming to me not for injunctions, domestic violence orders. They're coming to sort out children and house and that sort of thing. And it's, it's quite impressive that, you know, that that, process. I don't know if Liz and Paul have found it effective, but the people I see, it seems quite effective. Well, it's great that that the woman is, and I'm assuming it's a woman for the most part, is safe first and foremost. And then you start asking deeper questions. But I'm I'm sure the police must be delighted to have that in, in you know, in their power to do because they must see these kind of situations all the time and yes. they're powerless. Well, they used to get called out and they were you know, notoriously <laughs> accused of describing things as just domestic and not getting involved, but that they couldn't take this sort of action. So, so now they can. And um, my experience is that in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, they're very effective. Fantastic. Very and- I can imagine some people listening are thinking, I just don't have the money or I'm actually too scared to go and see, you know, a solicitor or lawyer. I mean, can we just ask you, how much would it cost for someone to come and see you and have a chat for an hour or... Well, seeing a solicitor at Neves, we charge £96 for that first appointment, right. which for us is a considerable reduction, but yeah. it's still a lot of money for people. We often see people whose mothers or you know family have helped them with that. Mm. Um, th- one of the nice things about the system I've just described is that it's actually free, and that's one reason why we'd often encourage clients to call the police rather than employ us to do the work, because taking a matter through the court can be quite expensive um now there is legal aid for to deal with domestic violence and domestic abuse um but you do have to qualify and that's quite a stressful experience in itself i think liz and and, uh, paul and i were talking about this outside and felt that it was quite a you know it's quite a difficult experience but legal aid is available and i know that the refuge do put people in touch with lawyers um but only if you're eligible so if you um if if you've got money in the bank or you've got access to capital you won't get legal aid um so 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 it can be an expensive experience so i'd say use the police every time if you can um and and get as much done as you can using that that resource that's a fantastic advice and so can can a woman stop her husband from seeing the children from seeing the children no um 
contact and arrangements with children are governed by the Children Act, and it's a real, um, really guiding force of the Children Act that contact with parents, I'm using slightly old-fashioned language there because we don't talk about contact anymore, but it's the easiest shorthand. Contact with parents is, is the child's right, it's not the parent's right, and there's lots and lots of research that shows that children need to know their parents, good, bad, and indifferent. Um, so that's where the court's focused uh, whenever you, you look at um, contact. Of course there are cases where a parent is dangerous to a child and it's been recognised for many, many years that domestic abuse, even if not directed to the children, is very damaging to them and that's, that's very high up there in the list of concerns for the court. So courts would normally be very wary of putting a child in a position where they were exposed to an abusive person, especially an abusive person who might obviously physically injure them, but the court is aware of emotional abuse and the courts are increasingly aware of the effects of derogatory comments and, and negative stereotyping by one parent against another. But all that said, and, and again Liz and Paul and I were having this chat outside, uh, first of all you can get variable responses from the courts, it's a judgment call for the courts, it would be extremely rare for a court to say um, a parent shouldn't see their children. They might put in place safety arrangements, there might be supervision for the contact, it might be in a quite heavily sort of super supervised environment, there might be conditions about where contact took place or who was present, but um, generally a parent will have contact. I mean, even parents who are in prison for offences will have contact, uh, you know, if, if it's possible. And how frequently would supervision be put in place? Is it is it commonplace, well, if, in especially in abuse? I, I think it's becoming increasingly common and I think, uh, and, and I can see Paula's nodding, <laughs> I think. Um, and the other thing I'm finding is that notwithstanding what I've just said, um, the courts are requiring um, parents who've been accused of abuse to go through various programmes to satisfy everyone concerned that they understand why they it's been suggested they're abusive because we've heard that abuse isn't just physical violence uh, of course people will always ex you know can always explain and justify their physical abuse of others but understanding how uh, emotional abuse works is, is obviously quite difficult for lots and lots of people both for victims and abusers so there are a lot of programs in place that um, parents are asked to go through and sometimes it's a condition of going through that program that the parent gets any contact at all I'm acting for a gentleman at the moment and it's it's nearly a year well it's going to be nearly two years so although I, I'm saying to him you know the courts will, uh, will support your contact he's actually not been getting contact because He's, he's had to go through this program and it's taken quite a long time well I suppose it's a great relief for women to hear that there are exceptions too because if you know you're in an incredibly abusive situation the last thing you want is to expose your children to that of all people the mm. children are the last people you want and to expose to I think a lot to. of the very very serious cases and where people are murdered um, do often centre around contact arrangements so you know, I mean, that's a, that's obviously a terribly worrying position to be in. Absolutely, mm. absolutely, and you do you do hear about it in the news. I know it's not commonplace, but it it has happened. Well, it's fairly common, isn't it? I think the statistic at the top of the program wasn't it: one murder a week, two women a week. Yeah, two, 
two women a week. week. Yes, sir. Yeah. But we yeah. shouldn't give the impression that it's just women who are victims. Some nearly twenty percent of victims are men. It's it's not a, a tiny. Proportion. No, that's a significant uh, statistic as well. Is. And I have to say. I, I probably would have stereotyped and thought that it was yeah, much yeah, smaller than yeah, that. 20%, yeah. one in, fact, in five are men. The first domestic violence injunction I ever applied for was for a man. Um, and I've acted for men who've been very seriously injured. So it isn't all a one-way street, but I, the statistics do suggest it's heavily um, uh, male on female. And now, what is a DPVN? Uh, that's a domestic violence prevention notice and that's this temporary arrangement that the police themselves can impose without going to court um, and it just holds the position for up to 48 hours um, but it's then followed up by an order and does the is the likelihood of a prison sentence is it what what normally follows on from that no the um there's no prison sentence penalty uh, the penalty for breach of a dvpn not an order just a notice is that the um person who's breached can be arrested detained in custody for up to eight days it's quite a long time Gosh. and um and would, would then be produced to the magistrate's court. Um, but then it can be followed up by an order, but that's the only penalty. Right. And we just have some questions, questions in from listeners. Um, I don't want my partner to have a criminal record as I think it would look bad for my kids. What else can I do? To well, actually, the, um, these DVPNs and DVPOs um, are what, what lawyers call hybrids. Although they're dealt with in the criminal court, they do not create a criminal record. They are civil. You know, they're, they're, so that's, um, that's unusual, although the courts have been applying these hybrid orders in the domestic arena for quite a long time. So it doesn't create a criminal record. That is a big worry. Definitely. People whose husbands are working in the defence industry or are police officers or, or serving officers uh, or anyone in really. In the legal industry the also because um, obviously medical. Your, your career would be ruined if yes. you had a criminal record. But they're not criminal. And especially with the label of abuse, you know, yes. it is. It, it's yes, it, I've certainly had clients who just will not take take any steps they should do you know as, as paul and liz were saying but until they recognize it themselves and um, but the worry there is that there are children in that environment and um, it's quite scary then for the mother um if, if it's the mother who's the victim because uh, you have to explain to her that if she's allowing a child to live in a in a in a situation of domestic violence someone along the line will have a responsibility uh, you know, as, as we've just heard a, a story told where uh, the mother was called in to see a, a, how a child was in school, were very alert there, but the school could also have involved the police or social service and may well have done, uh, almost certainly did. Um, so, you know, if you want to keep some control over the situation, it's, it's much better if you take control yourself and not wait for some agency to start reporting your child's distress to someone. It's difficult, though, because um, what we've been hearing is, and um, certainly in my experience, is the victim of domestic abuse finds it incredibly difficult to make decisions. They've been demotivated, they, their character, their personality has been damaged, and it's, it's a typical situation uh, that uh, a client who even comes as far as getting legal advice just can't go through with it and then when they do they 
pull out and they 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 go back to the perpetrator and um obviously that's I understand that, but some people don't, and it can create problems if you're dealing with some some professionals. Absolutely, and I mean, well intentioned as it might be, it isn't in the best interest of any child to yeah. to, to stay in that kind of relationship, in that kind of situation. I mean, we often see people who bring their friend in. Their friend needs support, you know, needs an injunction. They've been telling them that for years, and the friend won't do it. And I can see. I talked to the friend that did this with the lady. Like you can just see they're not. They don't hear what you're saying, and they've got to be ready to do it. So, some of the advice I've seen is, what can you do if you've got a friend who's in this sort of situation? And the advice was, I don't know if Liz and, and Paula would agree with this, is just be there for them, listen to them, talk to them, but don't keep telling them what they've got to do because you can tell them what resources are available, but they won't do it till they're ready. Till yeah, I know. I I, I mean, I, I've first-hand experience of situations like that. So. The first listener question, I, I just want to read through quickly. My partner and I have recently separated because of his mental mental health oh, issues. Yes. He's originally Australian and has moved back there to work. I'm currently living in Australia too, but want to return to the UK to be near my family. I'm worried that if we get divorced, he will be entitled to having the children 50% of the time and I will have to comply. What advice advice can you give me to this scenario? Can I take the children back to the UK and simply refuse to return to Australia? No, I did laugh when I read that. <laughs> because uh, that would, could, could create quite a lot of problems for the caller. Um, it does depend on where the children are based. And on that scenario, it's not quite clear. He's gone back to Australia. It sounds like she's gone too. Are the children in school there and so on? But most, I, I think they are. Yeah, most... Um, yeah, they, they, they're likely to be regarded as being habitually resident. That would be the language we use here. They probably use a different terminology in Australia. I'm not an Australian lawyer. I yeah. don't know what the law is there, but I know we often follow their their family legal. Um, they, they come up with things and then we follow them. Um, so in this country, if you, if you remove the child in those in that situation the father could apply under the Hague Convention for the immediate return of the children which is obviously very expensive very disruptive um, quite distressing for the children um, and uh, certainly for the mother because <laughs> so you, you know, one should never do that I'm afraid you've got to see it through and sort things out and it is very difficult when people relocate again you would think that you, if you're in an, un in an unfair situation you think that the law would be on your side in that case it's like this person has you know stepped out of my life or you can you can just go but you can't it's because of the children and yeah. as i say i think the thinking in most sort of uh, of our this sort of society is that it's the child's right to have a relationship with their parents yeah absolutely mary another question we had for you was um a listener saying, I've got three children. I stopped working to care for them eight years ago. Husband working in London, good job. But I've not been happy for a long time and I recently asked him if he felt separation would be a good idea for us. He at this point got angry, threw a glass of wine at me. It didn't touch me, but it left me very shocked. I don't want to leave. I'm afraid of the consequences. I think it's I do want to leave. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Just I do want to leave, but I'm afraid of the consequences and I have no savings of my own. And if we did separate, would my husband be given custody um, of my children on his own? Because he wouldn't be able to manage them and I would spend the whole time worrying about mm. them. That's such a typical question. Um, so... 
first of all, the incident with the wine glass, as you've heard earlier, it is abusive. It, it makes it very difficult for her ever to have that kind of conversation with him in safety. Um, next time it might hit her, next time it might be worse. And um, so sh her, her freedom to to make decisions is, is severely impaired. Also, financially, she's, um, she's very constrained. Um, I'd say that lady should go and take some legal advice. Um, she could have... It's, I often find clients in that sort of situation can... Um, you, you can spend... Uh, you can get through a lot of information in an hour with a, with a client in that situation. You can unpack all those questions she's asked. Um, so far as if they did separate, um, normally the courts would want to make sure the children were properly provided for, which often means, not always, that if it's, if it's financially possible, uh, the parent with, who's the primary carer, clearly the, the mother in this case, will be allowed to remain in the family home. That's, that's a very common outcome. It's not always the only outcome, but certainly the children's housing need, therefore that of their carer, is important. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to sound really boring about, you know, that will dad be allowed to have time with the children on his own? Almost certainly at some stage. If he's not safe, I mean, I've had loads of clients tell me dad never does up the, s the seat belt when he picks the children up and he's so angry, you know, he drives off at the, you know, you can hear this the skid uh, as he drives off and that sort of thing or he, he smokes dope at home uh, when the children are around all those things things that make children unsafe you can certainly raise those and uh, a court would be very reluctant to see a parent like that have unsupervised contact um, but if it's a parenting issue a dad who's at work in London working long hours and doesn't know how to put a nappy on and so on then he's just going to have to learn I'm afraid mm. if he wants mm. to spend time with the children Yes, I see nods from my <laughs> fellow <laughs> guests. Um, that's good for dads to find out if they've not been doing those things, what's involved in parenting. And it is terribly worrying. Um, and, of course, mum's worried because she's worried about a lot of things. So everything is a big worry for her. It's mm. magnified, I'm sure, yeah, no exactly. end. And, and especially because women are quite often the primary caregivers, they know the ins and outs of yeah. every little detail of their child exactly. and they, they know what works and what doesn't work and to see somebody else step in and yeah. not do it. It's I know, it's, it is difficult, it is. but we don't live in a perfect world. No. I think we have to hold on to that, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, com I, I, can, I can see that. Um, now, we're unfortunately running out of time, so we just want to do a little roundup of the resources that um, are available to listeners on air and online. Um, first and foremost, we've got St. Albans and Hartsmere Women's Refuge. So, um, the St. Albans and Hartsmere, the, the website is www.stalbansandhartsmerewomens-refuge.org.uk, but I'm sure you can Google it and, and you'll find it and you'll get the contact number there. And it's 01727 Actually, the correct ones will be on our Facebook page. Um, I'll come back to them. Shirley, you need the re next ones and I'll, uh, I'll get you the right. And then there's Hertfordshire Domestic Abuse Helpline and that offers free and confidential advice, support, signposting, referrals to anyone affected or concerned with domestic abuse between 10am and 10pm Monday to Friday and again a website for them heartsdomesticabusehelpline.org 
Now, if I can just come back and give you the correct number for the refuge. So the first one is 01727 824425. Um, that's the Women's Refuge in St. Albans. Or an alternative number is 01923 855662. And the number for outreach is 01727 827621. There's also a 24-hour national domestic violence free phone helpline. And that's 0808. 200 We've got plenty of other um, useful contacts for you and resources and all of that will be on our website and our um, Facebook page later on this evening. That's it. So we're going to take a very short break and we'll come back with our final guest who is Hilary from the Seroptimist who wants to... Um, uh, give us a little bit of information. So, Mary, thank you so much for joining us from Neve's Listers. It was us, fantastic yeah. to hear from you. And Mary's blog is available. A link to it is available on the Parents Show Facebook page. And thanks also to Paula and Mary from the Women's Refuge. It's been um, so fantastic to hear the great work you're doing. And um, we hope to get you on again soon with lots, lots of good news. Welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. We, we, na- we now um, are hoping to be able to speak to uh, Hilary from the Seroptimist. Hilary, hi, are you on the line? Yes, I am here. Yes, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for speaking to us tonight. Hilary, tell us uh, your take on this situation. Um, well, uh, I'm talking to you about uh, Seroptimist International of St Albans and Districts, and we're a women's organisation yeah. um, that uh, is represented in 132 countries throughout the world, and we work to try and empower women and girls through education and enabling. And so on today, which is Human Rights Day, we feel very strongly about the role and the difficulties for women in the world, particularly with violence against women in all its forms. And we try through our local clubs and members to work to try and lobby um, both uh, decision makers, the police, the police commissioners, councils, anybody who has budgets that they're trying to, uh, we want to try and get them to um, allocate sufficient money to try and prevent this terrible scourge in our society. You know, when you hear that one in three women throughout the world is going to experience some kind of domestic violence in their lives, um, and the United Nations is saying this is not acceptable and we have to change it. So we have to lobby. But I also feel very strongly that it's an awareness raising and that's why your radio program working on issues like this is such an important thing to do, to actually raise awareness in our community about issues for women. Um, and we can do that in many ways through radio programs, through news articles, through education programs, through events that take place in our community as well. And I think it's also absolutely vital that we as a women's organisation, that's the Optimist International, we actually work in our community to try and support um, existing uh, people who work with women who've suffered violence and domestic violence and human rights abuses. So things like the Women's Refuge, I believe you've probably had speakers from the Women's Refuge on the programme tonight, I think. Is that right? And also um, things like the Domestic Violence Forum, which is an organisation within this area trying to raise awareness of these issues. And then we also have the Hertfordshire Helpline, which is where people who are suffering in this way can ring a number and get 
specific help and advice. And I think all these things are really, really important. And it's a worldwide organisation and it's a world issue and that we have to work uh, throughout the world to try and improve conditions for women um, because there is so much violence against women in all kinds of different ways. So uh, that's my take on it. Um, And uh, I think it's really important that an organisation like ours in our community works within the community to try and raise awareness of these issues and to try and change and we have to do that by educating women, but also educating men and boys, because we have to change it. There's been a lovely program in Fiji. It's called Walk the Talk. And women in Fiji walked through uh, the streets uh, this week, and they held up big banners saying, real men don't hit women. Mm. And I think that's an important thing to remember as well, that we have to educate the men and boys in our society as well. Definitely. And if we've got listeners who are tuned in tonight, Hilary, and they're thinking, you know, what you're describing that Soroptimists do is something that I feel I'd like to get involved in, you know, how could they get in contact with you and the local um, group? Well, they can go onto the website, and we have a Soroptimist International of St Albans website, which is sistalbansathotmail.com. Or they can also go onto a website, which is Sigby, uh, that's sigbi.org. And through that, they would be able to find information about their local club, wherever they happen to live. Because we don't just have St. Albans Club in this area. We have one in Hartford. We have one in Bedford. Um, So there are places that they could get information from the particular club. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. That's very helpful. Thank you, Hilary. Thank you. All the best. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night. And now we've come to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening to The Parents Show and this special edition on domestic violence. We hope you've got a lot of value from it and and have found it as useful as we both think it is. All the best. Thank you. Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parents Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.